Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new format for the Restoring Life podcast, uh, what I've dubbed the Tea Sessions, uh, where my lifetime's friend Giles Hutchins and I today are going into the second phase of the vision quest, uh, a phase called the journey. Hey, Giles, how are you today? I'm good. I'm feeling good because I've also plugged in my microphone this time. <gasps> around, so Amazing. Clearer <laughs> than I was on the last uh, recording. So yes, um, I'm looking forward to exploring the next stage of this vision quest journey when it's funny today's tea i have is a kombucha tea not a hot tea um however you know this that those kinds of comforts are definitely not something that we that we bring with us often when we're jumping into this phase of the journey because as we said last week we've worked up the courage to cross the threshold uh we've decided to leap off the cliff as it were uh in and i always call it courting potential annihilation actually. Um, And that sounds scary, but it's this idea of if we're going to undertake a vision quest and seek something higher, whatever that might be, then we are effectively courting the annihilation of a way of life, a belief system, an identity, you know, a story effectively, because we want to evolve, right? And and evolution is never, this is something, you know, you know so much about. Evolution is is never a smooth la 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 process, is it? (laughs) Yes, as if we, we're having to sort of allow the old self, the old ways of attending, um, to die down, to be released, to be surrendered, so that we can allow more of ourselves and more of nature's wisdom and the wisdom that's in life to start coming through the un- what Carl Jung referred to as the kind of the unconscious to start coming through into our conscious mind, a sort of a shift from that rational analytic, normal daily consciousness into a more imaginal, more intuitive, more soulful way of being. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't just, it's not a switch, is it? <laughs> so I think we were just laughing uh, before, before we came on to record this in that, um, you know, for me, when I'm in this stage of the journey, this is when you can't run away or distract yourself anymore from that, the antics of the left-brained rational mind. And it's almost like the world around you, uh, whether you're out in the wilderness uh, on, on you know, a full nature immersion version of a vision quest or whether you are like we all are now in isolation in our homes... Um, it's almost like the mirror of our beliefs and stories. You can't run away from them anymore. And they start showing up in every conversation you have, every interaction you have, in the things that frustrate you um, until you stop and actually see what stories and what patterns want to die. Yeah. And it actually can be quite maddening um, <laughs> as, that, as that stuff comes through. We're trying to sort of give space and yet the space initially gets filled with all the, the noise in our minds and all of the, the stories and the stuff that starts coming up in us. Um, you know, the old alchemic process, the Negrito phase, it's really kind of a depression, a, a maddening depression. And yet it is a kind of also a sort of symbol of going into a tomb or into a cave or into a dark place so that we can get beyond ourselves, get beyond that noise, go through that and start sensing something deeper beneath it. 
Definitely, definitely, definitely. And I, I, I was just uh, saying, I've, I've actually just spent the last weekend in a very deep meditative place because we had this beautiful long Easter weekend. And um, as you said so beautifully last week, um, don't miss the gift of this time. Um, you know, the gift of this time where we are almost being encouraged to go into a tomb. And so that's what I've spent the last four days doing and really just allowing the noise and the chatter, and I love the word you just used, the maddening uh, insanity of this stream of consciousness that usually rules our lives to just drop away and to allow myself to breathe. And that's, I, I find, a real signature of this this stage of the journey is you hit a point where you've watched the antics of your mind and your stories play out again and again and again. And there almost comes a point of, for me anyway, of one deep breath where you just let it go. And then there's this silence. And then there's this peace that almost infuses every cell in your body. And I always feel like, oh, I can actually breathe for the first time in years, It is what it feels like. Yeah. And of course, a lot of the, the practices that people are now bringing in to modern life, you know, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, um, tai chi and so forth, are all practices that help with this quietening, this stilling. But essentially, this is a shift for, um, to shift our consciousness, an altered state of consciousness right. that gets us out of that incessant ego self into something deeper that opens us up. And it is... It is a challenge and things will constantly pull us back. And that's why going out into nature and actually having or having an intentional space doesn't have to be going out into nature, but going somewhere where you feel you can get away from it for a period of time, whether it's just a few hours or an overnight or a couple of days or longer, um, is quite, um, quite important from a ritual perspective because it creates a sort of space for you to then observe and go through that. Whereas sometimes if you're in your normal daily life, um, it's very easy to get pulled back in to the old self. So you kind of, you're pulling yourself into that threshold crossing, you're pulling yourself into that journey, and yet you're forever getting caught back into the normal, normal stuff of every day and your old habits and reactions are triggered. Right, right. And I don't know about you, I've spoken to so many people in the last week who have been in that place, you know, of, of watching the madness and then actually surfacing practices that many of us have held partially, I would say, <laughs> for, for years now to actually seek peace, court peace, um, find that clear space, which for some of us, I know, you know, some of us are at home with young children and partners and, you know, that can be more challenging than for others. But that daily kind of coming to silence feels so necessary right now um, for all of us in the world, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, and even noticing the situation we're in with children or partners or situations and how with the kind of the tensions, we can feed that noise by getting unsettled by it or we can attend to it in a, we can let go of our reactions to it. And soon, actually, by giving our perhaps our children some presence, um, they can 
teach us some presence. Um, so, yeah, sometimes the situations can feel like, oh my God, I can't, I can't possibly get peace in this situation. But a lot of that is our, is our reaction to the situation, which we do have control over. Um, although, albeit, it's much easier sometimes. Yes. There aren't other things around us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the things your children have been teaching you? Because I know you've been at home with your two little ones. And, you know, what have you noticed about how, because they're at such a beautiful age, aren't they? You know, of, of just sinking into that presence quite often. And presence, again, is one of the things that's a hallmark of this stage of the vision quest, which is how how present can I be with any reaction, whether it's a difficult emotion and angry emotion or a or a you know a intensely joyful one can I really be in that emotion and that reaction without disassociating or numbing or distracting and kids are so great at this right so what have what have you been noticing about your two little ones I think it's presence and peace um I think I think uh, often when I'm working um you know I've got things swirl around in my mind um I've got a lot going on and then the kids come home from work, um, from school and, you know, I, I kind of process from, from work and then we go into a slightly more um, spacious place before bedtime. That was, that was the kind of routine mm. and now, of course, the kids are here and so sort of work life has merged more, which is much more real in many ways. Right. Um, and I'm noticing how when I'm distracted, because I, especially over the Easter weekend, where I consciously decided to reduce down my time on the laptop, not completely, I did want to completely, but I dipped in once or twice, um, <laughs> just because of a couple of things. Um, but um, I was significantly reduced down. And I, and I noticed how I was with the children reminded me of Christmas time, really, of where you, one is just playful with them, it's not being triggered by it anymore, the noise or the one is with them, and it's integrating and one sees them in a different light and the whole thing becomes much more peaceful and, and more present and as a result more enlivening and therefore the way I interact with them is different it's just a subtle shift and the whole thing feeds itself into a positive virtuous cycle rather than one of you know before you know it you're having to tell them off for something right um so that's what I noticed and I I, 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 I really would love to continue that feeling yeah. Um, even with work um, continuing. Now, how much of that is about me uh, not, you know, reducing down the amount of work? Um, or how much of it is about how I'm attending to it and how I'm choosing to then attend to it after I've left the work and go back to the children, being able to let go of that old mindset, a bit like a mini threshold crossing all the time. Right. Every time I go from work to play, to work to play, how quickly can I let go, can I release that intensity of thought, which can sometimes be triggered um, when I'm with my, my children who are kind of distracting that, um, yeah. rather than it seeing them as distracting me from that, actually see them as a gift into the present moment and that I can let go of that work during that time. Yeah, so that, that's kind of, if that makes any sense. No, it really does. Actually, it really does. You've just made me reflect on something that I do as a horrific habit um, as a serial multitasker. Um, and so, you know, I, I that's something I've noticed. I don't have young children at home, but um, 
have have been almost busier actually if not le- not less busy and more busy because I've not I've been you know just working solidly online and you don't have any space between meetings some days so again that's all about my choice and the level of presence I'm bringing to those different activities as well as the level of choice that I create to get pauses and gaps and you know uh, my daily meditation practice that's come back in but as a horrific multitasker one of the things I have noticed is I in in the norm (laughs) in the norm before all this happened I would typically be tracking or thinking about anywhere between five to twenty things simultaneously Um, sometimes consciously, sometimes not consciously, but thinking, you know, future pacing about what email I had to send or what meeting was next or whether I had to pack a bag for next week and what food we had at home and what my husband was doing half a world away. And, you know, just it was full. It was just full of noise. And so without in the last couple of weeks, as we've all been isolating, the level of noise has gone down and yet my compulsion to still track was there because it's become this ingrained habit. So I've actually been really laughing at myself and and a bit like you described, it's like a mini threshold every time it happens. Can I stop that and enter over the threshold into full presence with whatever I'm doing or whoever I'm speaking to in that moment without allowing my my compulsive habit to over control and over plan everything to come in and disrupt that level of attention you know yeah so it's as if at a, a kind of collective level we've got this sort of major threshold happening because of the, the, the change the pause that's happening through this pandemic um which is a sort of rupturing of the status quo um and yet at the same token it's creating dis-ease it's creating uncomfortableness new patterns new ways throwing us together with children with back-to-back zooms and all of these things which could could create more of a cacophony yeah. um and yet there's an opportunity for us to pull away from that if we so choose it requires courage and then at the the sort of micro scale every day is a little threshold crossing you know the night um of of processing waking up uh, and then during the day of pulling ourselves away from that meeting into the next activity of making a cup of tea or being with the kids or or being with the other person whatever that is they're all opportunities to sort of shift from one of overly rational analytic narrowing down focusing grasping or multitasking and tracking as you call it um with all the benefits that that provides and the usefulness that provides with being more fully present more in our heart more empathic more attuned to the bigger picture and the systems um rhythms that are going on and of course we need both as human beings but if we can allow ourselves to move more coherently between those two styles of attending to life then we are starting to be masterful of crossing the threshold. Definitely, definitely. And this this kind of leads us into the gift of the journey. So when you've kind of made your way through the tangled undergrowth of all of these old habits, often, um, you know, the the second part of a vision quest is is, for me anyway, permeated by a sense of presence, of interconnection, with the vast world around us so not just the natural world but the the universe you know as you said beautifully that bigger story that's springing forth from whatever this situation is 
and moments of clarity, like moments of, you know, you might even call, use the word epiphany, actually, um, where suddenly because of the space that has cleared, we can see clearly. And of course, a lot of people have been laughing about 2020 being the year of 2020 vision. Well, wow, are we seeing with clarity (laughs) some of the implications and consequences of the choices we've been making personally and collectively right now, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. And and, and any shift creates an opportunity for a different perspective. And that's really what a threshold crossing is doing. Um, I mean, obviously, um, from ancient wisdom traditions and shamanic cultures, did them at certain times in one's life to coincide with kind of uh, stage stages of, of ego development, of, yeah. of, of growing up um, or going into adulthood or, or into elderhood. Um, and, and, and it feels like there's a potential possibility for humanity to go through its sort of teenage um, rampant consumerist behavior, yeah. hedonic economic activity to perhaps getting a different perspective on wait a minute we're pausing here that's bringing us together in different ways or apart in different ways that's getting us to see things differently some of it's not good some of it is good some of it is challenging some of it is enlightening whatever but it's not about those individual tensions or polarities it's more about can we see something from a different perspective can we illuminate some blind spots that we have and therefore come through that threshold with a deeper vision and that's the vision quest yeah i love that beautifully said beautifully said and i know you know a lot of people are talking about wanting to get back to normal or wanting to come to a new normal um and i i've been having a bit of an allergic reaction to the word normal actually because for me that's the antithesis of a vision quest actually you go into a quest to break up what you would term normal um you're actually seeking that annihilation and and coming out with something new and expanded and and hopefully evolved from this so you know i find myself focusing on on the new natural as a better way of phrasing what it feels like because you know a lot of the gifts of this time I believe has been a rebalancing has been a a different way of seeing the strengths and the perhaps weaknesses of the human story up until now and how do we want to behave in a more natural integrated way as we start to come out of it whenever that might be yeah and I love that, the new natural. And, and of course, what we do in the vision quest is we actually connect in more deeply with the inherent wisdom within life. And, and in a way, what, what we're, we're, we're seeking is more of that natural wisdom to come through now. We have, through, I don't think, any particular fault of anyone's, we have um, managed to completely uh, take out a lot of systemic resilience out of our current systems through an overly mechanistic way of managing and controlling our systems in business and beyond in society. Um, the, the, the supply chains that we have, the way in which we run our households, the way in which we operate our societies are very fragile yeah. as a result of, uh, of an excessively mechanistic approach that has not factored in how life really works, has not factored in the natural the interconnectedness, um, the, 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 the relational and systemic nature of how life is and the ever-changing nature of life. Uh, and so 
hopefully with this vision that comes out of this journey that we're on, we can start to recognize the importance of gaining some of that natural wisdom and bringing that into our ways of working together collectively and, and individually and, and as families and as communities. I love that. I love that. And I think with that beautiful segue, we will bring this section of the dialogue to a close for now <laughs> and uh, resume next week when we will start to dive into the new natural and the final stage of the quest, the return. You know, what is it? Who are we choosing to return as at individually and collectively and what that might look like so thank you so much Giles as always uh, beautiful to jam with you on these things I think it's so so relevant um right now and may we all just enter into this period of time by feeling into deep presence you know with what's unfolding in in whatever way it chooses to show itself thank you lovely to be with you see you on the return see you on the return (laughs) 